Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Wilder Jr. Show, folks. Uh, it is cold outside. It's cold in Chicago. I'm hearing it's cold all over the world. Uh, but because we're having, what they're saying is we're having this unseasonable spring like, I mean, not spring, I wish it was, fall like weather here uh, in Chicago and some other places around America, the, the United States. So, welcome everybody to the show. I mean, these folks here at Blog Talk Radio keep telling me I'm missing out on some money. You know, the more they tell me I'm missing out on some money, the more they ask for money. (laughs) All right, uh, let's see. Well, where are we going to get started at? Donald Trump. Okay, there's going to be an election tonight in Mississippi. Uh, This racist woman, you probably know her, Hyde White or something of that. You know, Mississippi, Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the United States. Totally shit poor, low level of uneducated people. And they're going to put a racist in office tonight. Yeah. I mean, this woman's been all over television, all over the Internet, all over everywhere, newspapers, and saying that she would enjoy uh, sitting at a uh, – uh, is, is sitting in front of a hanging somewhere. And she's, she's made a lot more racial statements. Donald Trump is out there uh, campaigning for her, uh, endorsing her at rallies, and he's saying some of the most racist things. 
uh, and he's on her side. Well, she didn't mean it. On, 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 you know, he's just as much racist as she is. They're both racist. They're trying to cover it up. You know, uh, and I'm hearing that some of the folks in Mississippi, um, some of the voters in Mississippi, uh, feel that what she said was uh, was not good, but they're going to vote for her anyway. Oh yeah, she's going to get it. I mean, this is this this is what happens. The black guy, you know, I mean, the African American, I mean, he, I don't know, I, I I heard him speak and he didn't sound like he was that uh, interesting to me, you know. But uh, if he if he expects to get this uh, on racial bound it's not going to work i think just like uh ted cruz and and a lot of these folks lost in uh, a lot of african americans lost in uh texas georgia florida uh this is another one i think this is another loss and, th- and with this loss um when this woman wins this it uh it means that the republicans will have a tighter hold on the senate they can have just as much as a hold on the senate as they fucking can the Democrats are going to be hitting the ground and running in November, I mean, in January, January 3rd, 2019. Okay. And uh, so, but anyway, I'm just speaking about Mississippi. You know, they, they, they tell me I was born in Mississippi and I'm so, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about Mississippi and, and some other states in the South. It is, I mean, Mississippi is a very, very poor Poor, poor state. Why in the hell are these people going to go out and vote for someone who's going to make life even worse for them? Even worse for them. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm not going to be surprised when the, when it comes in. And I don't think it's going to be because of Donald Trump rallying and endorsing her and saying a lot of negative things against her opponent, Donald Trump is just a, uh, a minute second away from saying that nigger doesn't deserve it. I mean, if you listen to his his rally speech uh, where she's on stage, you know, he's basically wanting to say nigger. You can see it in his face. You can see it in his demeanor, the way he's moving around the stage. And he wants to say don't even make it even close. Don't even make it close. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's such an ignorant, stupid, racist fuck. It's unbelievable. And his racism has, I mean, Donald Trump's racism has always been on full display. We all know it. And yet, uh, even the racists who are running for um, Congress, they applaud his endorsement, they applaud him coming to their state trying to shore up votes. And basically, uh, like I just said, this Hyde White woman, she she's she shouldn't be in office. She looks like a nut, a racist nut. But, uh, you know, they want her and they don't want the black person. I don't understand Mississippi. I think Miss, the, I think the, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm betting that Mississippi is the percentage of black people in Mississippi is pretty, pretty high. 
This is why I keep saying we need more education in this country. We need people to be educated. We need people to be smart. We need people to be intelligent. We don't need people to be dummies, stupid asses, not paying attention to what's going on. Don't give a fuck about what's being said. Doesn't care about their – well, I don't know anything about politics. Well, you know enough, you know enough to know that racism is, is here. There's so many people trying to ignore racism, trying to ignore what's going on in the country, trying to black it out or, or, or not to think about it or get away from me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know anything about it. Mississippi has to take its country. Excuse me. Mississippi has to take their state back. And I've said this before, Mississippi, Georgia, Texas, no matter where it is in the South. These southern states, this is just crazy. Florida, people will not get up off their asses and get up out off their asses and get out there and vote and take their country back. They will not get up there. They will not get up their asses and be vocal. Get out there in the street and take their country back. They just let people just piss on them. And they think it's rain. She's going to win tonight. This racist bitch is going to win. And I don't think it, like I said before, I don't think it's because of Donald Trump uh, um, out there uh, rallying and trying to rally the troops for her. I just think it's because people are just numb to what's going on, and they don't care. They don't care. Give me another beer. I'm going to have sex. People have to wake up. People voting people in the office, that's going to take away everything that they have. If they have anything, they may not have any much, but what they don't have and what little that they do have will be taken away. And then they're going to be looking at the rest of the United States and saying, oh, they're, they're treating us bad here. They're, I mean, they're not. I mean, you know, you didn't get your ass out there and vote. You didn't say anything about your country. You, you did not fight for, for your state. And that, I've said this before. I think Americans are just, they don't have the fight in them. They just sort of sit back and just let things happen and then complain about them by when they could have done something about it. Americans just, they don't have the fight. They don't have that, you know, that get up and go, uh, take my country back kind of thing. Yeah, we voted, we voted, and we voted well. But sometimes it takes more than just voting. Screaming, yelling, and staying pissed off, storming some of those uh, uh Storming City Hall or some of those places down there or the governorship, making your voices known, getting things changed along with voting. But Americans just don't have the the spine to fight for what they should be fighting for. And Mississippi is a testament. Georgia is a testament. I mean, I've, I've I have talk to people who've said that Florida was stolen. I think Florida was stolen. I think uh, Texas was stolen. I think Georgia was stolen. It's because people did not
spiked, and now they're complaining. See, when people don't vote, when people don't vote, those who have voted suffer the consequences of the people who didn't vote. I mean, when you voted the right way and others, a lot of others vote the wrong way, and you're, and you're right on the issues, but they're wrong on the issues. They don't know what the hell's going on. You know, uh, their actions affect you negatively. But you voted the right way, but they, they didn't. They did not, and they feel good about it. I mean, I've heard people say, I'm not voting. I mean, they say it so like it's a triumph to not vote. Are you going to vote? No, I'm not voting. You know, <laughs> I heard a young lady say that. Uh, she looks about maybe she wasn't even old, 17 or 18. Maybe she wasn't even old enough to vote. But when people look at voting as as when people look at not voting as some sort of a triumph, we know we were in trouble. But there's a lot of people who still will not vote, and they're in Florida. And they're in the South. A lot of these folks in the South who are not voting, I'm, my thinking is maybe they're religious. Uh, their religion is telling them not to vote. Don't vote. You'll get to heaven a lot faster if you don't vote. Everybody else out here who votes, we're heathens. We're not going to make it through the eye of the needle to get to heaven because we're voting. We're, we're uh, uh, what they would say, we're... Uh, We're man or something like that. But that's stupid. That is so crazy. But people are uh, brainwashed by the idea if you're in a religion or some sort of cult out here that's controlling you, and they're saying do not vote. Because if you vote, you can get be thrown out in the streets, thrown out of, the, thrown out of that particular religion. And I think that's what's happening in some of these states, these uh, southern states like Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, a lot of these folks are probably hung up on their religion and hoping God or Jesus is going to come save them one day. And uh, so basically, she's going to win. You know, she's going to win this thing uh, only because um, people are lackluster, lazy, trifling, and will not get out there and vote to take their country back. So when their benefits are gone, uh, the social programs are gone, a lot of things have been, have been or will be cut, they should not complain. And I'll say this again. If you don't vote uh, to take your country back, to take your state back, to take your city back. If you don't vote, if you think voting is is sinful, if you think voting is a waste of time, then you shouldn't be an American. You should not be an American. You should not call yourself an American. Voting is one of the ways of taking your country back. Voting is one of the ways to stop these assholes from putting you out on the streets. Because the Republicans are coming after everything, and the Democrats are in their way. So we're protected at that front. But still in all, 
See, when, when there is a majority of voters voting the right way and doing the right thing, those who refuse to vote or did not want to vote, they're, they're also going to be reaping the benefits of those voters who voted the right way and voted often and voted strong. You know, so it's so a lot of these folks who refuse to vote, they're still benefiting from what the other voters have voted for. So a lot of these folks who did not vote in the midterms, but we still, uh, but there were so many other people voting that we could now control the House of Representatives, the folks who didn't vote, they're all they're also benefiting from that. But they didn't vote. And I honestly think that a lot of these southern states in America with a high percentage of African Americans, the reason why they are white and Republican is because the African Americans they do not vote. They're undereducated. They think vote, voting is crazy. It, it's a waste of time. I, I, my one vote will not count. Or the hell was voting altogether. Give me my bottle of wine. Or something to that effect. People have to stand up for your country. There's nothing wrong with being in a religion, but don't let that religion control you. Do not, that, do not let that religion tell you what to do with your life. There are so many religions out here, you know, threaten their members, tell their members when to sit, stand, tell, you know, order their members who they can talk to, uh, who they can not talk to, who they can talk to, what they can read, what they can write, where they can go. These are not religions. These are cults. These are cults. And their main agenda is to go find the weak, the gullible, the stupid, the dumb, and control them. That's all it, that's all it is. Excuse me. I'm, I'm got, I have gum in my mouth. That's all it is. We have to vote. We have to take back your country. You shouldn't be here. Moreover, you shouldn't even call yourself American. If you say, I'm not voting, then say to yourself, I'm un-American, because that's what, it's a, that's what it is. You don't fight for America. Why, why are you here? You don't stand up for your country. What the hell are you? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And here is once again, folks. This is Ashley Judge on the Ashley Judd, the actress on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Take it away. All right. Next on the to-do list. When we take over the DNC. <laughs> oh Michael. My Ashley. My name is Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd is here. I am a feminist. And I want to say hello to Independence Avenue in the back, all the way down to 17th Street. Wow. And I bring you words from Nina Donovan, a 19-year-old in Middle Tennessee, and she has given me the privilege of telling you what she has to say. I 
am a nasty woman. I'm not as nasty as a man who looks like he bathes in Cheeto dust. A man whose words are a diss track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is going to rise again. Maybe for some, it never really fell. Blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black. Slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin as animal skin. I am not as nasty as a swastika painted on a pride flag. And I didn't know devils could be resurrected, but I feel Hitler in these streets. A mustache traded for a toupee. Nazis renamed the cabinet. Electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber, shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide. Notes, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. not as nasty as using little girls like Pokemon before their bodies have even developed. I am not as nasty as your own daughter being your favorite sex symbol. Like your wet dreams infused with your own genes. But yeah, I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. I'm not nasty like the combo of Trump and Pence being served up to me in my voting booth. I'm nasty like the battles my grandmother's fought to get me into that voting booth. I'm nasty like the fight for wage equality. Scarlett Johansson, why were the female actors paid less than half of what the male actors earned last year. See, even when we do go into higher paying jobs, our wages are still cut with blades sharpened by testosterone. Why is the work of a black woman and a Hispanic woman worth only 63 and 54 cents of a white man's privileged daughter? This is not a feminist myth. This is inequality. So we are not here to be debunked. We are here to be respected. We are here to be nasty. I'm nasty. Like my blood stains on my bed sheets. We don't actually choose if and when to have our periods. Believe me, if we could, some of us would. We don't like throwing away our favorite pairs of underpants. Tell me, why are pads and tampons still tax... Ooh, that was a brand name. Why are tampons and pads still taxed when Viagra 
and Rogaine are not. Is your erection really more than protecting the sacred, messy parts of my womanhood? Is the blood stain on my jeans more embarrassing than the thinning of your hair? I know it is hard to look at your own entitlement and privilege. You may be afraid of the truth. I am unafraid to be honest. It may sound petty, bringing up a few extra cents. It adds up to the pile of change I have yet to see in my country. I can't see. My eyes are too busy praying to my feet, hoping you don't mistake eye contact for wanting physical contact. Half my life. I have been zipping up my smile, hoping you don't think I want to unzip your jeans. I am unafraid to be nasty because I am nasty like Susan, Elizabeth, Eleanor, Amelia, Rosa, Gloria, Condoleezza, Sonia, Malala, Michelle, Hillary. And our pussies ain't for grabbing. Therefore, reminding you that our walls are stronger than America's ever will be. Our pussies are for our pleasure. They are for birthing new generations of filthy, vulgar, nasty, proud, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, sink, you name it, for new generations of nasty women. So if you, a nasty woman, or you love one, who is, let me hear you say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love you. Thank you. You woke up, picked up the Washington Post, and the headline read Trump takes power. I don't think so. Here's the power, here's the majority of America right here. We are the majority. Now we got to get our asses out there and vote. New president vows to end American we'll right carnage.
President Trump day after day, waging a war on reality. Let's be honest. Let's talk about his relationship with reality. Confronted with facts that don't fit his view of the world, his strategy is this. It's simple. Deny, deny, deny. Okay, let's just start with today. Falsely claiming that migrant children were not tear gassed at the border this weekend. We did. We don't use it. Okay, so facts really matter, right? And the fact is, children were tear gassed. You can see that for yourself in this picture. There it is. This is a president who not only denies reality, denies what we have seen with our own eyes, he denies what members of his own administration tell him. Think about that. There is the big climate change report the White House tried to bury by releasing it on the day after Thanksgiving. A report produced by a team of 13 federal agencies. 1,656 pages full of facts, of science, and really frightening predictions about what could happen as temperatures continue to rise. Food could be scarcer. The U.S. economy could lose hundreds of billions of dollars. And thousands more Americans, quite frankly, could die. We're already seeing evidence that this country is being hurt by climate change. Farmers in Georgia could lose two and a half billion in the wake of Hurricane Michael. But when burying that report didn't work, President Trump, or President T, as he has nicknamed himself this weekend, simply said he doesn't believe it, even though it's his own administration's report. Yeah, I don't believe it. No, no, I don't believe it. This is a president who's not only anti-science, he's anti-intelligence. His own CIA has concluded that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman personally ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But President T continues to define, to defend, I should say, the Saudis and the Crown Prince, saying maybe he did and maybe he didn't. And he's made it very clear why he's so willing to defend the Saudis. It's all about the Benjamins. Concerned that by now punishing Saudi Arabia more, it could send a message to other world leaders that they can do as they please in America. Could be weaken their eyes? No, not at all. Saudi Arabia has been a uh, long-time strategic partner. Uh, they're investing uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in our country. I mean, hundreds of billions. And of course, this president has consistently ignored the clear conclusion of his own intelligence community that Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Tonight in Mississippi, at it again, falsely calling the Russia investigation a witch hunt. We have a lot of bad people. We have a lot of phony stuff like the Russian witch hunt garbage. So this is not true no matter how many times he says it. The fact is this. Three people have been sentenced to prison in the Russia investigation. Ask them if they think it's phony. One of them, George Papadopoulos, just started his sentence today. 35 people and entities have been charged with a total of 191 criminal counts. 191 
criminal count. So witch hunt? Not so much. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that this president seems awfully eager to let the Russians off the hook for opening fire on opening fire on and seizing three Ukrainian vessels near Crimea. An act the president's own ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, says the international community must condemn. But the president himself was about as mealy-mouthed as he could possibly be. Why can't the tough guy be tough on Russia? We don't like what's happening, and hopefully it'll get straightened out. On the same day, the president ba- bragged about manufacturing jobs. The previous administration, they said manufacturing's never coming back. It's gone. You need a magic wand. Well, we found the magic wand, and that's actually... That's actually going to be increasing by a lot in the next short while because we have a lot of companies moving in. That was the same day he bragged about manufacturing jobs. It was bad news for GM today. The company announcing it will cut 15% of its jobs and close five North American plants. Yet this president has nothing but bluster for CEO Mary Barra. I was very tough. I spoke with her when I heard they were closing. And I said, you know, this country's done a lot for General Motors. Empty, tough talk. Ignoring the fact, even when they come from his own administration. It seems that people only tell the truth about this president when they've got one foot out the door. Here's the latest example. Congresswoman Mia Love, a member of the president's own party. She conceded today to Democrat Ben McAdams in their Utah congressional race and slam the president for saying this. Mia Love gave me no love, and she lost. Too bad. Sorry about that, Mia. Well, the congresswoman took a big gulp of truth serum and said this. This gave me a clear vision of his world as it is. No real relationships, just convenient transactions. That is an insufficient way to implement sincere service and policy. And there is another inconvenient fact facing this president. Six in ten Americans disapprove of the job Donald Trump is doing as president. According to a Gallup poll out today, just 38% approve. But it's unlikely the president will get the message. Because listen to what he said in response to that classic Thanksgiving Day question. One any child can answer. What are you thankful for? For having a great family and for having uh, made a tremendous difference in this country. I've made a tremendous difference in the country. (laughs) Thankful for himself. Exactly. Thankful kind for him. All, he's a slime ball. Yeah, yeah. He's a slime ball. What can you say, man? He's a slime ball. Um, Trump is, I mean, he's locking up teenagers, migrant teenagers, in camps, and he's bypassing regulations. He doesn't give a damn how those kids are treated. Tear gas. He's a slob. He needs to go. He really does need to go. Trump administration announced in June, back in June, temporary shelter uh, for up to 360 migrant children in this isolated corner of Texas, of the Texas desert. 
Less than six months later, the facility has expanded into a detention camp holding thousands of teenagers. And it shows every sign of becoming more permanent for these kids. Trump is a dog. I mean, this is like Hitler back in the 1930s when he was killing Jews and and and, and putting Jews, locking them up in uh, barbed wire fencing, bird wi- bird uh, wire fencing inside these camps and and a lot of these. Uh, I guess what I'm talking about is the Holocaust. This is this seems like the same thing. Donald Trump is a tyrant. He's no one's dictator. He's not going to be a dictator. That was stopped uh, by the blue wave. This guy is just awful. I mean, I've reeled on this show for two or three years since Donald Trump's been in office how awful he is and and was uh, on the campaign trail and even before that. Donald Trump bullied his – he's – People are saying before they were saying that he's a great businessman. Donald Trump is not a great businessman. He doesn't know shit about being in business. He's had six bankruptcies. There's lawsuits up his ass. If he was such a great businessman, he wouldn't have all these suits and lawsuits up his ass. People are suing him to get their money. Donald Trump is not, never was a great businessman. We can, we know that now by his uh, presidency. He's a con man. Donald Trump got where he is today because of he's a con man. He's a bully. He's a thug. He's a criminal. This is what made him rich. His father gave him millions and millions of dollars. He invested it. Then he turned around and made a lot of money with his investments. Then he turned around and and invested his investments. So therefore, the money just kept piling up because he was bullying and conning his way uh, into making money. We know that now Donald Trump is stupid and crazy and dumb, and no one with a mentality like that is going to constantly make money if he isn't some sort of con man. Uh, a thug bully who bullies his way through life, who bullies his way to making as much money as he can. He's a thug. Donald Trump, you have to remember, folks, Donald Trump cannot borrow money within the United States, and that's burning his ass. He cannot borrow money, and that's pissing him off more. He Just like anybody just like one of us. I mean, if we have bad credit, ex- extraordinary bad credit, the banks are not going to lend us a damn. We're not going to be able to buy anything on credit. This is the same way with Donald Trump. Six bankruptcies. They're not giving him a dime. He can't. This is why he's in the pockets of Russia. This is where his money is coming from. Russia. Laundered money, stolen money, clean, uh, manipulated to as if it's clean money, laundered money. And that's against the law. Making money while being president of the United States, that's illegal. 
Donald Trump, in some ways, thinks that the White House is his. In other words, he thinks he owns the White House. He thinks he owns this country. After the midterms, after he got his ass beat in the midterms, the very next day he went crazy because he felt that his that his um, dictatorship, his dreams of being a dictator in the United States was not going to happen, so he went haywire. Remember, folks, Donald Trump is a scared chicken. Why? Because Mueller is coming after him. The Democrats will be coming after him in 2019. New York is going to come after him and his family. Donald Trump knows more about what's coming in 2019 than anyone else, or maybe in a week or so, than anyone else. Because, you know, if he's about to be subpoenaed or indicted, he knows already more so uh, more than what we the public would know because whatever's coming down on Donald Trump and his family, they know it already. It's yet to hit the public. It's yet, it's yet to be written about. It's yet to be uh, on the internet and all this stuff. They know. They know. So Donald Trump knows what's coming down the pike. So he going totally, totally nuts. I mean, we really have to get rid of this guy. This guy should not be president. This guy should have not <laughs> should have not been elected. Uh, uh, it's just awful. It's just awful that uh, this guy is – the way he uh, – treating these migrants, this migrants, this, this caravan on the U.S.-Mexican border and tear gassing – Mothers and fathers and children and teenagers throwing them in camps, throwing away regulations. It means that 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 the military uh, can treat them any way that they want with Trump's approval. We just have to get rid of this guy. I mean, he and he wants a second term. I don't think he's going to get a second term as president. I don't even think the Republicans are going to pick him as their nominee in 2020. Because the moment that 2019 hits, Donald Trump is going to be off and rallying. Remember, I mean, before the midterms, the 2018 midterms, he was off and rallying. And what happened? He lost. He lost the House of Representatives. He lost. The blue wave kicked his ass. And he was pissed. He was angry. <laughs> Wow. But it, it's really sad to know how he's treating these children on the border, uh, it, sending troops out there. That's another thing that should have not happened. They didn't need troops, people with guns and hand grenades and tear gas. and Wow. People who are trying to escape Poverty, trying to escape uh, being killed. People who are looking for a better life. And what is Donald Trump giving them? Threats and tear gas. And I want to say something about Donald Trump's threats. He's always seemed to be threatening people. He threatens the media. 
He threatens GM. He threatens Donald Trump. Threatens. He threatens. And majority of the time, majority of the time, excuse me, his threats are nothing. That's what they are. Threats. They go no further than just being threats. Donald Trump, as I've said a zillion times, talks out of his ass. He threatened CNN. They threatened his ass back. He backed down. His threats are nothing. He wants to see – Donald Trump is a bully. He's a thug. If he threatens you, he threatens to see how you're going to react to his threat. If you react to his threat in a weak way, he got you. But if you stand up and you threaten his ass back for threatening you, he's going to back down. He's a big fucking bully. That's all he is. That's all he will ever be as long as he, as long as he's on this earth. I've seen some some posts, some people saying some really, you know, I always thought I was one of Donald Trump's worst critics and I said a lot of things about him that he wouldn't like, but However, compared to some of the things I've said about Donald Trump, does not even come close to what some some people on Facebook and other uh, social network working sites say, including uh, Twitter. They, <laughs> I don't want to even say some of the things that they say on the show on this show here, but um, they're a lot worse than I am. But they're right. They are right in their assessment, in their because Donald Trump. I mean. I mean, when he's behind closed doors, he's saying the same thing about us. Believe me, when, when the camera's on him, I mean, he's wild. Hey, walking up to the damn microphones from, I don't know, from out of nowhere. And then he starts sprouting bullshit. But the minute those cameras are off, the minute those cameras are not on, you wouldn't want to be around Donald Trump. I mean, that's how it is in some areas. I mean, especially if you are a personality like politicians, you know, I mean, they see the camera, they, you know, the minute they see a camera, the lights and all this kind of thing, they're smiling, they're compassionate, they're understanding. But the minute that camera is off, Jesus Christ, you would know some of these people. You would not know them. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We will be right back. And if you leave 
of the George Wilder Jr. Show. (laughs) I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, The website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. President Trump is showing you just how rattled he is right now. On the day he purged a top member of his administration and basically threw a 90-minute temper tantrum in the White House news conference, Only hours after his party lost control of the House, he fired Jeff Sessions. Except the man famous for saying, you're fired for pretend on television, apparently couldn't say it himself. So here's what he does. He orders John Kelly to fire Sessions. He's the chief of staff, something the president has wanted to do ever since Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. And now the former attorney general, who was the first senator to support Trump's campaign, reportedly wanted to stay just until the end of the week. But Kelly told him that he had to go, and he had to do it today. So take a look at these pictures now. Quite the photo op, isn't it? Sessions leaving the Justice Department tonight to applause from his colleagues. Colleagues who are telling CNN that they learned about Sessions firing from news reports and, of course, a tweet from the president. The pattern. Sessions leaving... Uh, with his replacement looking on. There's his replacement right there. See that guy? We'll talk about him. He's the acting attorney general, the now acting attorney general. His name is Matt Whitaker. He has oversight of the Russia investigation. I want you to pay close attention to this, all right? This is what Matt Whitaker, this is what he told me in July of 2017 when he was a CNN legal commentator. Here it is. I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced uh, with a recess appointment, and that attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces his budget so low that his, his investigation grinds to a, absolutely, almost a halt. So we know Matt Whitaker here. We, we had him on the show a number of times uh, around that time. Another guest who was on that, this show, who actually, on this show, who actually uh, was on set with Whitaker on June 19th. There's the photo right there. He posted this on Twitter today. This is from attorney John Q. Barrett about a conversation he says that he had in the green room before their joint appearance. Okay, he says, Whitaker told me in June of 2017 that he was flying out from Iowa to NYC to be on CNN regularly because he was hoping to be noticed as a Trump defender and through that to get a Trump judicial appointment back in Iowa. 
so much to talk about with that because he's not the only one who did it. Fake news, but they want to be on this fake news so that the president can notice them. So does that really mean it's fake? If you want to be on, so the president can notice More proof, though, I say that the president watches me every night. So the man who is now in charge of the Russia investigation offered a blueprint for cutting the legs out from under that investigation nearly a year and a half ago. Seems tailor-made to appeal to this president. And he did it on television, according to John Q. Barrett, apparently deliberately in order to appeal to this president and get a job. He became the chief of staff for Jeff Sessions a couple months later. And now he is the most powerful law enforcement officer in the United States. Look at the power I have, everybody. Can you believe that? <laughs> Unbelievable. A source close to President Trump telling CNN the, the idea of Whitaker ending or suppressing the Russia investigation, not an option right now. I don't know why anyone, why anyone would believe that or how long that will remain the case, but that's what they are telling us. So listen to what the president said during his news conference just today. Here it is. I could fire everybody right now, but you, I don't want to stop it because politically I don't like stopping it. But you're right. I could end it right now. I could say that investigation is over. I could fire Sounds like a threat, right does now. it? You can't fire. So let's talk about that uh, post-midterm news conference like nothing we have seen before. Remember when President Obama admitted that his party had gotten a shellacking? That's the word he used. Remember when uh, George W. Bush said he had gotten a thumping? None of that for President Trump. You just heard him threatening uh, the Mueller investigation. He also threatened reporters as well. So this is an angry exchange with CNN's Jim Acosta, NBC's Peter Alexander, full of down and dirty personal insults simply because reporters are trying to do their jobs, which is to ask the president questions. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter, go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts Well, I'm not like a big fan of yours either, so, I yeah, understand. to be honest. So let, me, so let me ask you a question if I can. You repeatedly you said... Are, you are the best. Mr. President, you repeatedly, over the course okay, of... Okay, just sit down, please. I couldn't be away. That was course fine. <laughs> just sit down, please. They would have kicked me out a long time ago. And there's more. The president refused to answer a question from April Ryan. Sit down, please. Sit down. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. Hmm. April's going to be here later on in the show. I want to hear from her. The president calling a question from PBS, Yamish Alcindor, who is African-American, falsely claiming her question racist. On the campaign trail, you called yourself a nationalist. Some people saw that as emboldening white nationalists. Now people are also saying that the president... I don't know why you'd that say that. It's such a racist there question. Some there was nothing racist about that question. Nothing at all. The president could have just answered, could have tried to explain his position. Instead, what do you do? That old tactic, when you can't really explain it, you attack the person who's doing it. He attacked the reporter. But the president did, um, he did just target did not just target reporters today. He also threatened Democrats if they step up their oversight of the White House, which is their job. 
But they can play that game, but we can play it better because we have a thing called the United States Senate. He even threatened candidates from his own party who made the fatal mistake of not wanting Trump to campaign for them. You had some that decided to, let's stay away, let's stay away. They did very poorly. I'm not sure that I should be happy or sad, but I feel just fine about it. Carlos Cubella, Mike Kaufman. Too bad, Mike. Mia Love gave me no love. And she lost. He is so Too bad. stupid. Sorry about that, Mia. Stupid. That's the president. The fact is, Mia Love did not lose. Her race is still too close to call. Facts don't seem to matter much to this president. What matters to him is winning, adoration. When he doesn't get both, he lashes out. He's an asshole. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You And this is the resistance. The White House continues to deny that the Attorney General's demand for the resignations of all 46 incumbent U.S. attorneys around the country and the subsequent optical disaster of the firing of New York's U.S. attorney, Preet Bharara, was instigated by a paranoid Sean Hannity TV segment demanding the immediate purge of everybody in the government who had worked for President Obama. The circumstantial evidence, however, supports the theory that it was Hannity's puppeteer hand of Trump's back. And that circumstantial evidence consists of the grim reality that we have elected President Emily Latella. 
If you were too young, she was the Saturday Night Live little old lady character portrayed by the late great Gilda Radner, who came on to give ludicrous editorial replies during weekend updates such as, I'm here tonight to speak out against busting school children. What's all this fuss I keep hearing about saving Soviet jewelry? What's all this fuss I keep hearing about endangered feces? Then they would correct her and she'd say, that's very different, and then pause and say, never mind. 122 vicious prisoners released by the Obama administration from Gitmo have returned to the battlefield. Just another terrible decision. Even the Fox News segment that President Emily Latella got that from did not mess that up. 113 of the prisoners were actually released by the Bush administration. Never mind. But Trump was watching, not listening. As in February, seemingly talking about terrorism in Europe. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden! Who would believe this? Sweden! They took in large numbers. That was so off that it prompted the closest thing Trump has yet made to an admission that he's ever screwed anything up. My statement as to what's happening in Sweden was in reference to a story that was broadcast on Fox News concerning immigrants in Sweden. Others have suggested that Trump is a real-life equivalent of the Peter Sellers character, Chauncey Gardner, in the extraordinary movie Being There. Sellers portrayed a gardener who lived his entire life on the grounds of a rich man's mansion and understood only two things, gardening and television. Discovered, he is mistaken for a political savant and is soon consulting the president who misunderstands the platitudes of TV that Sellers repeats as deep, subtle insight. But Chauncey Gardner knew his television. He could recite all the commercials. He was listening. Trump is just as much of a television addict with just as little connection to non-television reality, but while he is ruling this country based largely on what he sees on TV that reinforces what he already saw on TV or reinforces what he thinks he already saw on TV, he's not even paying attention to the TV. Since the inauguration, he has tweeted about a minimum of 11 news stories it seems fair to believe he saw on television and gotten them wrong in some way. Besides the Swedish and Gitmo stories, the Women's March protesters. Why didn't these people vote? The so-called carnage in Chicago. The so-called expert who could prove there were three million illegal votes, only the guy has never produced the evidence that he's promised. His conclusion that all the protesters in Berkeley were paid thugs, exaggerating the target of a terrorist attack in Paris from the Louvre Mall to the Louvre Museum. His announcement, although protests at the Republican town halls had been planned by liberals, that the first time Jeff Sessions ever met the Russian ambassador, it was arranged by Obama, about Arnold Schwarzenegger's departure from The Apprentice, and add to those the crazy Obama-tapped-my-phone story. He's <laughs> President Emily Latella. Trump's first 279 non-deleted tweets as president are amazingly television-centric. There were two in which he congratulated himself on the TV ratings of his inauguration, ten promoting the broadcasts of TV interviews he has given, including the exact time the show would air. There are six that specifically criticize CNN, one that criticizes MSNBC, and 24 that refer imprecisely to media, fake news, fake media, or fake news media, including one about how, after he called them all that and called them the enemy of the American people, quote, it is amazing how rude they are. 
And the number of Trump tweets that include Fox graphics or images or congratulations to Fox News on its ratings or simple statements tagged at Fox and Friends as if he's grandpa yelling at the television, that's 12 tweets. This is a total of 54 tweets about TV or stuff he kind of saw on TV. I have invoked Saturday Night Live and the film being there, so why not one more? In the other great speech in the fantastic Patty Chayefsky movie Network, Peter Finch as Howard Beale reminds us what television really is. When the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth on this network. So listen to me. Television is not the truth. We're in the boredom-killing business. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there, day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds, we're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You eat like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusions. Sound like anybody we know? So is there a solution to President Emily Latella? I mean, before he is impeached or imprisoned or institutionalized. Well, years ago, an unhappy CEO whose fourth largest company in the world owned my television network sat me down and threatened to take the network off the air. I don't mean figuratively. I mean fire everybody at it pay us our full contracts, and shut the channel off. Because a rival cable network was making up stories about how this CEO personally was selling materiel used to make weapons with which American servicemen were being killed. The man said his 80-something mother back in Cincinnati watched the rival network and kept calling him up to yell at him about his disloyalty and he had had enough. So I said politely that I thought he was overreacting, and maybe there was a middle ground short of shuttering the network that was finally making him a reported $100 million a year in profit. And he said, like, what? And I offered him a few ideas, and then I decided to point out to him how crazy his idea was, and I said it was exactly this crazy. How old did you say your mother was again? I asked. Eighty-whatever, he answered. Well, if she's that old... She certainly wouldn't be able to put up much of a fight if you sent one of your guys to her house and pulled her cable connection out of the wall. The CEO got furious, then he laughed, <laughs> and then we compromised. Oh, but, okay. Now, whether Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal will have anybody talking to the president, the Wall Street Journal's editorial board writes today, quote, Every sentient voter in 2016 understood that Donald Trump had a bad history with women, but mistakes of character tend to catch up with everyone, and that's what is now happening with President Trump and his many women. Mr. Trump can't retain the best legal counsel because no one wants a client who ignores all advice. He wants to answer questions from Mr. Mueller, but probably won't prepare enough to avoid even accidental self-incrimination. The Stormy Daniels case is typical of Mr. Trump's pre-presidential behavior in thinking he can, with enough threats and dissembling, get away with anything. He's never understood that a president can't behave that way, and this may be the cause of his downfall. Susan, um, this is just among the first cracks in uh, terms of support, editorial support for the right. president from the journal. 
Yeah, and that's exa- but the journal's exactly right. When you talk about the fault of his character coming back to haunt him, that not only plays to the president, but it also replays to a lot of Republicans in the House and the Senate right now who should be saying, I will stand up for what's right. I will speak against the president and what he's doing, as whether it's his policies or even some of the things, his, the attacks he makes on women and other people. But the Stormy Daniels thing is just something that hits so hits him so differently. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, we know he hasn't tweeted about it. He hasn't gone anywhere. But I think it's just a matter of time, and that's what I think a lot of people are waiting for. You, you know, Eddie, there's a piece in the New York Times today by Jonathan Martin about. Uh, various Republicans running around the country right. and they cannot they can't stand up and talk about real issues that affect people because the first question out of the box is the president's behavior right I mean it seems to me that this uh, tef- Teflon Don is no longer Teflon Don when it comes to, to to the Stormy Daniels question I think there are three C's here uh, there's the case there's the client and there's the climate I don't think any lawyer in their right mind wants to take on the case I don't think any lawyer who, who's worth his or her salt uh, wants to deal with a client that will not pay attention, that will not lie, that will not follow advice. That and will then not the, pay. That will not pay. <laughs> and then there's the climate. The climate is not only the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement has changed the way in which uh, people understand and, and accept uh, certain kinds of behavior, where the, how they judge that behavior. There's the climate in terms of uh, the, the serious, uh, I think, uh, response to Russian interference in our elections. There's uh, kind of economic uncertainty. There's the chaos that's coming out of the White House. So all of this that, that, that I think informs how people are judging and assessing what's going on, I think is also shaping and informing how lawyers are, are assessing whether or not they will take on this case. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and speaking of the Republicans and that Jonathan Martin article and Stormy Daniels, let's go to the latest in the Stormy Daniels story. Uh, the porn star is now suing Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, for defamation, claiming that he betrayed her as a liar when denying claims of her affair with Donald Trump. The new filing also argues that the $130,000 hush money agreement signed just 11 days before the election should be nullified because it violated campaign finance law. Meanwhile, the White House is trying to explain why the president has not responded to the porn star directly. Yesterday, the mor- in the morning after her 60 Minutes interview aired, the president tweeted, quote, so much fake news, never been more volu- voluminous or inaccurate. But through it all, our country is doing great. A senior administration official tells NBC News that the president has discussed his response with several aides and has been told that the Stormy Daniels issue doesn't rise to the level of a presidential response. The senior official also counseled Trump, telling him that it doesn't endanger his presidency or agenda. Here's the White House yesterday. Can you state categorically that the president, his campaign, and the Trump organization did not violate federal law, specifically election law, uh, regarding that payment? Well, uh, I can speak for only the White House, uh, and I can say categorically that obviously White House didn't engage in uh, any any wrongdoing. Uh, the campaign or uh, Mr. Cohen, the, yeah, the campaign or Mr. Cohen can address uh, anything with respect to their uh, actions. With respect to uh, that interview, I will say the president strongly, clearly, and uh, has consistently denied these underlying uh, claims, and the only person who's been inconsistent is the one making the claims. Was the president aware of a physical threat made against Ms. Daniels when she was with her daughter back in 2011? Well, the president doesn't believe that uh, any of the claims that uh, Ms. Daniels made last night in the interview are accurate. He doesn't believe she was threatened? Uh, No, he does not. 
What's his basis for that, Raj? Sorry? What's his basis for that? Well, he just uh, doesn't believe that, um, you know, there's nothing to corroborate her claim. All right. We've also learned that 22 million people watched 60 Minutes Sunday. The porn star interview was actually the news magazine's highest rated episode in a decade, second only to Barack and Michelle Obama's sit down in 2008 beating Donald Trump's 2016 interview and any interview Donald Trump has ever had on 60 Minutes. Stormy Daniels' lawyer did some trolling, though, tweeting, quote, Since this is really what matters, LOL, the ratings for my client Stormy Daniels' appearance on 60 Minutes last night crushed by millions. Any apprentice show in the last 10 years as well as Mr. Trump's November 2016 appearance. Hashtag priorities. We will leave that there. Meanwhile, Republican lawmakers are finding it increasingly tough to escape Donald Trump's shadow, with many facing the grim future of a midterm that's going to be a referendum on the president's personal conduct and behavior. Quote, I don't see headlines with porn star Sue's Nancy Pelosi, said Democratic Congressman Cedric Ritz.
for some adult kids. SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm reading here on MSN. The creator, Steven Hillenberg, dies at 57. The creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, my kid used to watch this all the time, and I, I, I even sat down and watched it as an adult because I thought it was funny. You know, I really thought it was funny. I'm pretty sure it's going to be around a long time, Sponge, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, it was pretty funny, you know, and uh, and I, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'd probably watch it now because I, I'm a kid at heart anyway, and I know a lot of people out there are kids at heart. You know, kids at heart. You still have that little child inside of you, you know. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to bring that little bit up, folks, that uh, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, the creator of this, Stephen Hillenberg, dies at 57. At 57, that's very, very, uh, compared to my age, that, that's very young. Uh, well, a little anyway. <laughs> um, 57, when someone dies at an early age, as 47, 57, I, I look at this as early age um, because most people, you know, if you don't pass away when you're 80 or 90 years old or something, something has probably uh, taken his life. And as I read this article here, uh, there's nothing being specified uh, for taking his life, you know, but it, it is said in the column that I'm reading that he was diagnosed back in March, but it doesn't say what he was diagnosed for. So, you know, I guess we're just gonna have to wait for that. You know, um, uh, the coroner's report on what actually killed him, you know, um, you know, so anyway, um, it's, (laughs) it's a sad moment for some people, but you know, people die. What can you say? People die all, all the time, every day. And, uh, and, I think it's ludicrous. I had a guest on the show one day, and she was talking about when people die, they really do not die. Uh, she was she was adamant at what she was talking about because I've had people on the show uh, talking on a similar topic as that, and most of them were just nuts. But she seemed uh, real. She seemed um, credible to me. You know, because when you die, you know, she was even saying if you die, you may even come back to Earth, but as another person, of course, at another time. And and she was like, I think we both agreed that it was kind of silly to for people to be afraid of dying. Yeah, especially people who have lived... Uh, live their lives for a long, long, long time, you know, decades, so, you know. I mean, you get a certain age, you shouldn't be afraid to die. I mean, if you get, I mean, let's say if you're past 60, anytime you're past 60, from my standpoint, you should not be afraid to die, especially if you're past 70 or 80. You know, some old people, <laughs> some old people when they're 80 years, oh, take me, the pain is just awesome. You know, and sometimes it, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to die because that way you, you know, I mean, your uh, suffering stops. Your suffering stops. The pain stops. The hurt 
stops. And I kind of agreed with her. I can't recall her name, but I can probably pull up the show, um, the podcast, and uh, rerun the show, and I can find out who she was if I can't remember her name. But anyway, we were on the same page as saying that uh, people should not be afraid to die. You really should not be afraid to die because, I mean, she was spot on at what she was talking about. I mean, she was saying, hey, wow, you die? You're gonna be born again some way. Some and I'm not and I'm not talking religion. Religion here. Um, she even she even said you can come back as the person you you are now. And I told her that I said, hey, I don't want to come back as the person I am now. I don't want to go through all that shit again. No way. <laughs> no, if I come back, I got to come back as something else. I'd come back as a bird. You know, just <laughs> be free as a bird, flying all flying all over the world um no bills no headaches no divorces you know (laughs) hell no i don't want to come back uh as i am now but she had a great great point i know some of you out out there listening to the show george and go nuts no i'm not if you listen to the show probably say wow she's spot on that could that could actually happen or is that actually happening is that what happens when after you die you know um i'm not trying to discount those people who believe in heaven and hell i'm just trying to you know say that uh, she was uh spot on and valid in some of her uh points that she was making on the show about uh dying dying uh like so many other people have said, especially uh, religious people, I mean, when you die, your body dies, but your soul goes somewhere else. And I believe that. I believe that. Whether it's heaven or hell or or back here on earth, I don't know. You know, but um, she was really adamant about it. She did a lot of research. I mean, she she said she'd done a lot of research on this. So, you know, but she was fun. She was, she was, she was, uh, humorous and uh, she she was lively and uh, I, I do appreciate that kind of uh, knowledge on the show and like I said I can't uh, dismiss it because she sounded so credible and uh, if you think about it you know uh, the bodies that we are occupying right now is only temporary it's only temporary you know you come in this world not being able to walk you're going to leave out of this world not being able to walk if you are uh, if you get old enough because a lot of us have to you know deal uh be uh will be wheelchair bound i'm trying to say Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. show. We're just about off the air. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Wherever you the Junior Show, this is the place to be. Tell your friends about it. Uh, uh, I've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of podcasts on this particular website. Feel free to listen to anything. Feel free to download anything. Put it on your uh, website or on your uh, YouTube channel. And uh, just enjoy the show. That's all it is to it. Just enjoy the show. And we will be back tomorrow. <laughs> Hope you'll be here. If not, podcast the show and listen anytime uh, you 
you can. But what's a thrilling thing for me? Uh, say that again, George. What What is a thrilling thing for me is that to know that people are out here driving in their cars, uh, uh, doing their work at 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 their jobs, listening to the show. That's thrilling, thrilling, listening to the show and enjoying the show through their earphones. That's beautiful, and I and I want to uh, thank everybody for doing that. People who are doing that, and uh, I'm really humbled by it, especially by some of the uh, things people, positive things that people say about the show. Uh, sometimes I think I'm not doing well. I think I'm not hitting the right spot when it comes to listeners, and I find that I that I am. I'm more than hitting the right spot. But sometimes those feelings come along. And you just want to be, you know, kind of, uh, you want to kind of make sure that you're doing the right thing for the people. And that's that's what this show is all about. It's uh, people-oriented. Uh, it's all about the people. If it wasn't for you folks, I wouldn't be doing this because I don't make money doing this. I spend money doing this. As I've said before, uh, they're trying to get me to make money for the show. Why, George, don't you need money? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we'll see about getting sponsors for the show and all that stuff in the near future. But but right now I'm having so much fun I don't even have time to think about it because of you know it's it's a great show it's it's one of uh, Chicago's finest and I think it's not just Chicago finest I think it's one of the world's finest radio. Sh- talk show, political show. Basically, it's not a political show. I can talk about anything. We can have guests on here talk about anything, but basically it's geared toward political uh, talk because of the shit we're going, (laughs) of the stuff that we're going through right now with Donald Trump and the Republicans. So it's, it's geared toward that. And we have to always try to motivate people to stay strong, to vote, and to Try to take their their states back, like Mississippi. All right, we're off the air right now, folks. So make sure you tune in tomorrow to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's going to be some more exciting stuff <laughs> on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks a lot. Bye bye, everybody.
Hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 